Oh, you got it. Yep, we're live. All right. Good morning, everybody. If you're here in the parking lot, we're going to start. So set your chairs up. Some people are up here in the shade to the left. I guess if you want to do that, that's cool, too. I don't know how the sound will be over there. I don't know how the sound is anyway. <laughs> Welcome to those who are on Facebook as well. As we get started, it's not super warm, but it is hot in the sun. I'm enjoying beautiful weather. 
Please join me in prayer as we begin. Father God, we thank you for this time and this ability to gather together in the beauty of your creation. Lord, we pray that you would bless this time, that it would be honoring and glorifying to you. You would help us to focus in on who you are and what you've done. Put aside the, the week we've left and start fresh heading into this new week. Father, we pray that you would quiet our hearts and our minds so that we can focus on you, that we can hear what you have to say to us this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I apologize. The call to worship went away, and I got to bring it back. You are absolutely. The call to worship today is from Psalm 124, verse 8, and 95, verse 1. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. As I was reading through Psalm 42 this week, as Jonathan's going to preach on that, I felt like God wanted us to remember that we are never without hope, no matter our circumstances in life or in death, if our hope and our trust is in Him, if we are seeking after Him. And please stand with us if you desire to sing My Hope. Hopefully the songs were emailed out, but I don't know that I saw them. There may be printouts back there. I don't know. No? Nobody did anything? Okay. I hope anybody knows the words to any of the songs then, because we're flying blind. The first one is My Hope by Paul Beloche, if you have internet connectivity and you want to bring it up. Well, you may recognize it, because we've done it probably a hundred times.
sing is Just Like Me, which was introduced last week again if you have internet connectivity, connectivity and want to look it up. Just Like Me, Zach Williams, you can find the words. Little more like peace, little more like Jesus. 
If you need sunscreen, we do have sunscreen on top of the benevolence box. So, some like SPF 50. So it should be covered if you need it. I burn easily. So, uh, well, nice placement there. Uh, do we have any prayer requests? Anything that I can lift up uh, for the Lord today that you care to share? I, mean, I heard some earlier in, in Christian Ed that I can pray for, but any other ones? Beautiful day to worship together. Beautiful day to be together. You know, the, you have a grandchild on the way, right? So you can pray, praise the Lord for that. That's exciting. Any uh, other ones? All right, well, uh, you think of something, you can pray in your heart. All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for a beautiful, sunny, wonderful day. And, you know, it's kind of hot. Uh, yeah, you're good, and we're just going to come before you and praise you. I uh, love you. Thank you. We thank you for grandchildren, uh, for children, for time together this summer with family, with friends. Lord, we praise you for uh, just this opportunity to worship a little bit nearer to creation and to each other, Lord. 
Thank you so much for that. We also lift up our prayer request. Let me pray for Vaishali for medication uh, balance, where they get the, the right change there. It sounds like it's a complicated process, Lord, and I pray that you would be right there with her through it all. And uh, Lord, I lift up Alexa this morning. Courageous, would you walk with her through this process and help us to love on this family well? Uh, and Lord, if there are other prayer requests that we have out there, would you uh, be at work uh, sustaining us through easy times and through also challenging circumstances? Uh, Lord, we do also lift up Emmanuel Church in Chelmsford as they kind of go through the the, the the near the end of their search process. I think they're uh, reviewing a a pastor at another church this morning, uh, uh, kind of guest preaching. Pray that that would go well, and that you just help them discern uh, if this is the pastor that you have for Emmanuel Church. And Lord, we pray for other churches, Dunstable and um, Tingsboro and uh, North Chelmsford, Lord, some of these other wonderful churches. Would you bless them this morning and help us to, uh, work together to grow your kingdom? Uh, it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. This next song is one that we don't normally do, and I don't know that we'll do it again, but Jonathan requested it. It's from 1984. I think Jonathan was born in 1984. <laughs> but I think a lot of you will know the words, and it goes with the psalm that we're uh, reading and hearing from today. So you can stand if you want. We're going to sing As the Deer. i 
My name is Monica Bromick. Our scripture reading for today is from Psalm 42. 
says, to the choir master, a maskil of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep, at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Lord, Lord. It is hot. Uh, please, if you feel too hot, go sit in the shade. We don't want to mess around with the sun. Uh, you can you can you can faint and it's not embarrassing to get up and move, but it is embarrassing to faint in the middle of church. So <laughs> please don't faint in the middle of church. I've had that happen. Someone out here, but uh, Shaw three can't tell. I was preaching and uh, throwing a panic attack. So let's not do that this morning. Well, it might have been due to my sermon. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. We're in Psalm 30, uh, 42 today. And I enjoyed studying this message. It kind of reminded me of the... I mean, we just talked about the donkey before Easter, and I was kind of like, ah, we're going for the... We'll do next. An elephant or the rhino. My son would probably enjoy all those sermons. Most the animals these days. But I do want to kick us off in kind of a, a series called Rest, Renewal, and Race. So I'll, I'm going to be on sabbatical for the next nine weeks, and I'm really grateful for that. And trying to think about how can this be an intentional time of rest, renewal, and grace for me, but also a time of rest, renewal, and grace for Cornerstone, for you, for my church family. Uh, obviously, you'll be doing things this summer. Uh, you'll be probably busy, maybe you'll have some vacation time, but how can you be experiencing God's rest and renewal? And I, this is kind of my sort of, three, like, you know, pre-sabbatical, and Andy's going to kind of introduce it a little bit more next week, and then you'll have various guest preachers uh, this summer uh, talking about this topic in whatever way the Lord spoke to them about it. So I'm excited for you, and I'm looking forward to going back and listening to them uh, after I, I return. But as we think about that, let me just take a moment, we'll pray, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, this moment to hear from you, to experience rest, renewal, and grace. And I pray that we would all experience that this summer, whether we're on 
big sabbaticals or little sabbaticals or or your volunteering or whatever we're doing, Lord, would we experience you and your rest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to preach with my hat on because it is hot. Uh, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Many of you have probably uh, read this psalm before, but it it was good for my soul to kind of stop and reflect. And I spent a lot of time thinking about deer this week. (laughs) Maybe uh, you're a fan of deer. There are different types of deer. So, like, I grew up in... Estes Park. I'm going to go visit there uh, this week. And uh, they have mule deer. Does anyone know why they call it a mule deer? Uh, it's because of that, because the height. Is that what your guess is, Alan? Uh, it actually has to do with kind of like a mule, like a donkey. You know, mules have big ears. Uh, mule deer have big ears. And they look at you and they have their ears kind of pop up. Uh, but in Estes Park, like it's a place where you can go, you can see big herds of deer, you can see big herds of elk. People will travel to, to, to Rocky Mountain National Park to, to see elk. And I actually heard a story uh, this week. It was from Mary's uh, sister. She was telling me about the time that she visited Estes Park. And they were so excited because they went up into Rocky Mountain National Park. They saw this huge herd of elk. They were so excited. And then they went to Safeway and they saw another herd of elk. <laughs> so you don't actually have to go into the park to see elk. Uh, but there's this reason that, like, elk and deer kind of congregate in Estes Park. And a little tip, if you go there, go to the golf course. Golf course is actually a great place to see large herds of elk. Uh, they like the green grass. They like the, the water that they can drink there. Uh, and in Estes Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, the golf course, they're all kind of places that these animals uh, congregate because they're fed. Right? We go to places where there's food. Right? There's food after the service today, so you can hang out. I mean, there, I think there's dessert, but uh, there's bring your own lunch, right? Uh, but we, we, we come together around food, but then there's also safety. Right? So the, 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 in Estes, like, you can't hunt elk or deer in Estes Park. Uh, you can't hunt them in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, and so there's this place like all the deer and elk kind of have figured out if I'm in this area, I'm just a little bit more safe. And as we read this passage, we discover an anxious deer <laughs> who is searching for safety, who's searching for nourishment and searching for comfort. Uh, I entitled this sermon kind of a thirsty deer because that's like the picture, right? This thirsty deer comes to the water. Uh, but like a deer typically will put its head down and drink if it feels safe enough to do so, right? If there's a predator there, it's not going to stop and drink. So there's the sense of coming to this flowing stream, searching for rest, for renewal, for a gift, for grace. And I hope that's what we can all do this summer is come to our stream, our flowing stream, our streams of living Water, uh, which we find through Christ Jesus, we, we find through God himself. And it's my prayer that we would all do that this summer as a church, that we would be seeking to be renewed and to be refreshed in him. And so often we wait until we're parched, right? We wait until we're thirsty to go to the stream. I don't know where you are 
in your walk with God, but right now I feel a little thirsty. I feel a little parched, like I need to spend time seeking the Lord. This psalm in verse 2 says, My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? We live in a world that says, you know, God, God is far from us, right? And maybe you're experiencing circumstances and you're actually telling yourself, God is far from me. So not only is others saying it, but you're actually saying it to yourself. You're experiencing this deep inner thirst of this need to experience God and his grace. That's what I need. And so we need to tell ourselves something a little bit different, don't we? And we actually see that model for us in this psalm. This psalm not only like tells us things about God, but it tells us how to relate to God. Verse 4 says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. So here we see the psalmist begin to tell himself the truth, kind of speak grace, to speak renewal, to speak truths about God to himself. So it's so easy to, 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 to tell ourselves the wrong things, right? When we fill our mind, our mind, if we just kind of let our mind speak to us, what does it tell us? It tells us bad things, right? It tells us God's far away, God doesn't care, oh, woe is me. And here we see the psalmist doing the exact opposite, not just, not just even remembering, but actually speaking to himself. And it says he's drawn far away from God's presence, so later in the psalm it says he's like up north, the heights of Hermon, that's a mountain range about 100 miles north of Jerusalem, right? And he wants to worship at, he wants to go into God's presence, the house of God. What is he talking about? He's talking about the temple, right? The temple's at Jerusalem. So you like, that's where God's presence is, and I, I want to be there. So you can see, like, in that environment, like, he'd be like, man, I'm 100 miles away from God. <laughs> Does God care about me? Can God hear my prayers? You know, our, our, our teens have gone on mission trips. We've been on a mission trip. We've gone to France a couple times, and, you know, we warn our kids about kind of this, like, after-camp crash. You go to camp, yeah, maybe it's a different Christian camp, you do the worship music, you, you pray, you get like real about God, and you feel like this kind of spiritual high. And then you come home, and they're like this, I don't feel like I felt at camp. Well, of course you don't feel like you felt at camp, because man, that, that was an environment kind of designed to, to help draw you near to God. And so that's good, right? We want that. Uh, but we also have to recognize that we live in uh, kind of going about our ordinary days, and how can we seek the water day by day? Not just on those special occasions, on those sabbaticals, but day by day. And you know, Jesus, he went away into a quiet place and he prayed. So it is good to draw, withdraw. It's okay to take time to say, I need to take a step back and I need to pray and, and put my head down and drink of that well. Drink deeply of, of Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, through prayer, through, through reading the Bible, through, through just listening to God. And most of us aren't camels. Has anyone ever described you as a camel? That would, that would probably be a compliment, right? But camels are desert creatures. They're big. They have like these hoofs, mat things that are like built to walk on sand. And, and they can carry a lot of water. Most of us aren't camels. We can walk for miles and miles in the desert 
through hardship and trial without kind of having to go get refilled. Most of us are more like a deer. You're a goat, you know, or sheep. You need to go to the watering hole more often. And so do I. I'm more one of those creatures that needs that continual renewal in the Lord. Psalm 42, 5 through 6 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil? Hope in God. He's saying God is good. He's reminding himself of this. Well, I shall again praise him. That's a that's an act of faith. My salvation in my God. <laughs> now, it's interesting that this is a psalm of Korah. I don't know if you guys are familiar. My friend growing up, uh, Joseph, their dog's name was Korah. That's a pretty good name for a dog. Uh, and uh, Korah is an interesting name because if you go back to Numbers chapter, uh, I think it's Numbers, well, it's in the book of Numbers 16. And, yeah, number 16 is Korah's Rebellion, right? So Korah is this guy who led a little revolt against Moses and Aaron. Him and 250 chiefs rose up and said, how come you guys get to be the priests? How come the line of Aaron gets to be the priests? We want to be the priests. Well, it's just like you're Levites. You get to serve the Lord. You get to be close to the sanctuary. You notice it wasn't actually about drawing close to God. It was about power and about authority and being in charge. Right? They wanted those things. They wanted the the station. They actually didn't want God's presence. Right? They wanted God for what God could do for them, not God for God himself. And the punishment for them trying to leave this rebe- the rebellion is like the earth opens up and consumes them and their families. Uh, it's pretty graphic, and I, I probably had nightmares when I learned about it when I was a kid. Uh, right? But that's what happens when we just try to go to God to get things out of him. We become parched, we wound others, we wound ourselves. And yet, like these these psalmists are like kind of re, retelling the story. They're kind of showing God's redemptive hand, right? You can have parents, grandparents that were far from God, and yet it actually says that God saved the sons of Korah. God saved the sons of Korah and redeemed them, and, and told a new story through them. And so it wasn't just one psalmist who wrote this psalm, it was a whole group of people, the sons of Korah, who would lead in uh, kind of the worship, helping out at the temple. There's just like so many points there that are interesting, right? Like your worship your worship leader, and your pastor, and your elders, and your deacons, they can struggle with feeling far from God too, Right? Just because they get up and sing doesn't mean that they feel it or sense God's presence. Uh, and and yet God is kind of telling a, a new story, right? Like these guys, the sons of Korah, like they genuinely want to experience God for who God is instead of what God can do for them. It's amazing how God has reworked the sons of Korah. Right? Maybe, you know, maybe they were just so amazed by God's power and, and judgment and also his grace that he would save them that just changed the trajectory of their family, right? From trying to lead a rebellion to truthfully and genuinely, honestly worshiping God. Kind of a beautiful story. I was looking at this Psalm, Psalm 42, and thinking about our our kind of own journeys 
Brandon, I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord. We're all at kind of a different spot. Uh, and so often, like, we come to God and, and we, we need to be renewed by Him. Uh, but, but we might not do it in the way we expect. You know, like, there's this there's this contrast in the psalm where he co- the, the deer comes to the stream. It's like this gentle, flowing stream. The deer puts his or her head down to take a sip of water. And then by verse 7, it's deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Uh, like When we come to God, God is not a gentle stream. God is a vast ocean. Billions of gallons of water just covering the earth. Like God is way more than we can ever imagine or comprehend or control. And so sometimes as Christians, we can get like a very sentimental way of looking at God. Like God's like my boyfriend or God's my loving grandpa. God's a tiny little gentle stream. No, God's a roaring waterfall. Tumble into. And we cannot control. And actually, the word for flowing streams is actually translated as ravine in other places. And sometimes we find God in the ravine, right? In the valley of the shadow of death. That's actually where we can encounter God in his presence. That's where God can be more real than we ever expected. Uh, we sang in our Christian education hour, it is well with my soul, or we, we talked about it. One of the verses, I don't really remember singing it. She said there was, Jenny said there was kind of like an expanded version. It says, if Jordan above me shall roll, no pangs shall be mine, for in death as in life thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. Right? Like if the Jordan is so deep, it's above me, I can still experience peace in my soul because God is good. Right? The dark night of the soul doesn't mean that God isn't in that night. And so as we work through this psalm and we kind of come to the end, we find that God brings peace no matter the circumstance. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. Typically in the psalm, it talks about God. It says, like, God God cares. But then this is, like, God's special covenant name, Yahweh. Yahweh commands his steadfast love. That's a personal name for God. He loves me. He cares about me. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taught me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I, uh, I don't remember if we read the, the, like the youth version or the children's book or the adult version, but you ever read the book Hind's Feet in High Places? Are you familiar with that book, Hind's Feet? So, a hind is a female deer, uh, and that's why I was uh, remembering this. When I went back, kind of watched an uh, animated summary of it, but it's like this Pilgrim's Progress uh, for anxious people. Pilgrim's Progress for anxious people in kind of a, a more modern, it's more modern retelling, right? And uh, the, the girl's name in it is Much Afraid. And Much Afraid is Much Afraid. <laughs> She has a family called the Fear, the Fearings, uh, who, who like are mean to her, who are like self, self uh, condemnation, like uh, 
self like judgment. Uh, they just they just like make fun of her, and she's trying to kind of get out of the situation, and she encounters the good shepherd. Uh, and the good shepherd beckons her to go into the high places, right? To go up to these mountains and to encounter God's presence. And so that's what she does. She sets off with uh, the good shepherd. She leaves behind her town. She goes on this journey, and she thinks she's going to walk the entire time with the good shepherd, and it's going to be all you know flowers and an easy time. But then the good shepherd actually leaves her in the hands of two traveling companions, sorrow and suffering sorrow and suffering and it's with sorrow and suffering that she goes on this journey and begins to encounter temptations and trials at one point she encounters pride pride tries to talk her off going to the high places to, to off this journey with the good shepherd by, by kind of beefing up her pride and she calls to the good shepherd and he comes and he delivers her but he also kind of chides her and says like, why did you let go of sorrow and suffering when we let go of sorrow and suffering, we lose humility. We lose that, like, that, that sense of that walk with God. So she, she continues on her journey. She does make it there. And by the end, sorrow and suffering are turned into peace and joy. And uh, Much Afraid is renamed Grace and Glory. Uh, and she experiences transformation through Christ over the, this journey. Right? But it's not just like a one-time flip the switch. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's a it's a traveling, it's a time of suffering. But we can be confident that Jesus is going to walk with us, uh, that he will be with us at the gentle brook where we drink, or the raging Jordan. Jesus will be with us, either one, no matter what we're experiencing. And actually this psalm uh, says, literally in it, uh, it says the name of Jesus. It says Yeshua. Uh, actually, uh, it says in verse uh, 5 and 6, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. The word salvation is the word uh, Yeshua, which we translate into Jesus. I don't know if the original authors, the sons of Korah, had some sort of prophetic word there, but it's beautiful that this psalm points to Christ. It can draw our attention to Him as we think about salvation, and that salvation is won through Christ Jesus on the cross as He lays down His life for my sin and for your sin, but also to redeem us from our brokenness and to to be that living rock water, right? The, the woman at the well, and Jesus gave her, wanted to give her water that she would no longer thirst again. And that can be uh, who we encounter today. Uh, and so thanks for singing that as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after me, after thee. Like that's that's about Christ. That's, that's about seeking him and pursuing him. That's what I want to do this summer, and I hope that that's what you all do as well. Uh, let's close with our worship song. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you that no one fainted so far. Uh, would you renew us? We, we experience your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
close with arise my soul arise to kind of contrast why so downcast for my soul the words are actually by charles wesley so if you're looking up words so that you have them arise my soul arise old song with newer music you stand with us Rise my soul, arise, shake off your guilty fears. A bleeding sacrifice on my behalf of this. Before the throne, my surety stands. Before the throne, my surety stands. My name is written on his hands.
Uh, good morning. Uh, as we close the service, we wanted to have a time of prayer with Jonathan. Uh, we sent him off on sabbatical, uh, but we'll do things a little bit differently. And so I'd like to invite Jonathan down, but also any uh, deacons or elders, current or former, we'd like to ask you to join us uh, for this time, uh, if you feel comfortable. And uh, to make you really uncomfortable, I'm going to lay hands on Jonathan and uh, kind of send him off in, in this time of prayer. But uh, I guess, you know, you can do the same thing from, from where you are. And uh, to really encourage Jonathan, and, and hopefully this is a, a great time of, of blessing and rest. Father God, we love you. We are uh, grateful to be in your presence this morning. We are grateful to be in the presence of our brothers and sisters here. And, uh, we, uh, we, we lift up Jonathan to you as, uh, as he goes enters into a time of rest, Lord. And we pray, Lord God, that he would uh, find you, that he would be nourished and refreshed, Lord, um, not from a trip, Lord, not from bike ride, a hike, Lord, although those things are good, Lord, help him to find you in all of these things, Lord, and, and to be satisfied and nourished and refreshed and strengthened, and I pray the same for uh, for us, Lord, for Cornerstone, that you would, uh, would strengthen us, Lord, that our community would grow in love with you and love with one another, Lord, and that uh, together, Lord, we would greatly reflect your love to a community around us, Lord, that needs it. Wrap your arms around Jonathan and Monica as they, as they go off, Lord, and, and, uh, and have this time of rest, Lord. Pray your blessing on them. And we know that's found mostly in the relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, dismissed. And uh, there's fellowship.